0: So last week we uh, talked the first uh, session on measure of faith that Saint Paul mentioned in Romans chapter twelve, and today will be our second. Um, uh, I don't want to use the word sermon; it's more like a class. But um, so last week we talked about Saint Paul's life. In summary, with as a, the video just give us a brief on him our church believes and so does the other some of the other western churches as well he is a writer of 14 books not 13 and we talked about the book of hebrew last week why paul elected not to mention his name there because he didn't want to use the name paul because that's the gentile name that's a roman name means humble and he could not use the word saul because the jews will look at him as a traitor so he elected not to use his name And most likely is written in Hebrew and translated later by Timothy, most likely as well, to the Greek. That's why the most scholars, Bible scholars, would say the Greek that's written in the book of Hebrew is not the same style as the other books. Because it's actually translated and by somebody else. So in Romans 12, um, this was last week and we're going to go today as well. There's a lot of stuff in Romans 12. I don't think we will be able to um, cover all of it, but we'll, we'll pick up a couple of things to pick up on. And I actually go into. St- let me start. Um, this is the verse that actually I uh, have the series based on, and um, this is 12:3, and it says, "For I say, though, that the grace given to me." to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. And and i I really like to start with this slide. Actually, I thought about this last night, and I said, you know what, the order of the slide needs to go back a little bit. So the first thing I want to mention and, and this is actually multiple Gospels, but I picked Matthew 25. So our Lord talked about the talents. And Christ was really elected and using the word talent, not money. Even though he mentioned money before. He talked about denarius, for example, and others. But in this case, he used the word talent. He said he gave a servant five, the other person two, three, whatever. And the last one got one. And later came back, and guess what happens? Give me the account for your talents. And we saw um, the the verse 23 that you have to really think about. The Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been uh, faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. And I want to stop at the person who got one talent. He went and buried it and said, you know what? I'm not going to do anything with it. By the standard of the world, He can consider break even. That's okay. In a bad market, you break even, you're doing good. For Christ, that's considered F. And I want to make sure you understand the difference. In other words, He could have even lost the talent. That's even worse. Christ didn't even go there. He considered the one that did not... Uh, uh, invest the talent and get your turn is the losing column and that is kind of where I want to start because Paul in this chapter talked about the talents you can use the word faith that's fine but this actually about our talents what the challenges ahead of us and now I go also to St. James in chapter 2 what does it profit my brethren if someone say he has faith but does not have works can faith save him? And that's a big question mark, by the way. If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by, uh, by itself, if it does not have work, is dead. And that's basically when I reference back to Roman 12. You have to have faith in Christ. He's a savior of the world. That is absolute must. Parallel to it, it's almost like a train goes on track. Cannot work on one track. You have to have deed for that faith. And that's why you want to go back and, and read Roman 12 many times. Because you're going to find a lot of talents in Romans 12. So we go back um, I, was, I need to go back here. I guess I, uh, let me see if I can, I may need help. Now I need to go this way, maybe. now. let's see Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, so, St. Paul in Romans 12, he takes the, 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 the chapter by saying, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And I'm not going to make a lot of comments. I'm going to actually pick pieces and i can move on. Because it's a, a very lengthy chapter when you start looking into one by, by one. Um, again, St. Paul is considered not just an apostle. He's a leader of the church in the first century. Uh, faced Nero, a Roman citizen. He'd been around. This is his writing to the Romans. The big city, the big capital of the Roman Empire. And he wants for us to have a reasonable service and do not be confirmed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say though the grace given to me to everyone who is among you Uh, We already read that verse, but think for himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think uh, uh, soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in our body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy. And this is basically what I'm going to start talking about here. So we're talking about the gifts. What? Am I am I skipping one? Ah, oh, here we go. Okay. So I need to talk about this one here. So St. Paul is saying, basically, if you look at the church, don't look at those individuals, a bunch of worshipers that just come into church, take communion, listen to the sermon, and they're going home. They got the coffee, and they're going home. Okay? That is not what St. Paul is looking for. He said, you are like one body. Think of yourself. If somebody's arm hurting him or her, guess what? You can't function. Yeah, I know it's one arm, but I'm using the other arm. I can do just fine with one arm. No. As a body cannot function with a hurt piece of it, guess what? The church cannot function, and it has a weakness in within the members of the church. And there's this multiple services, obviously, will come up from there. Okay? Um, and he's making the word gifts here differing according to the grace that is given to us let us use them. From the beginning of the church, the church realized that each one of us got a talent, and the church banking on your talent to help the other person next to you. And he gave examples here, and that's what I'm going to be talking about. Um, Just think of that overall picture as we go through this. Um, Having then different uh, then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them if prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry, let us use it in our ministering uh, he, he who teaches in teaching so St. Paul started dividing gifts of individuals from the church from the first century that is still exist today, the word prophecy um more so, what's a prophet in the New, in the Old Testament? So you can make the connection. What's the job of a prophet in the Old Testament? The prophet in the Old Testament did two things. I always point the people to the Messiah that's going to come at one point, And make sure people repent and get closer to God. You look at the whole New, the Old Testament. I don't know how many prophets we saw. Major, minor, whatever. You read the writings, it's, it's pointing to two things. Christ is coming to save the world. And the second piece is be good because God is merciful to those who are following him. Whether you look at the book of Psalms, you look at uh, the Zechariah, the prophet, you just go anywhere in the Old Testament, you get the same message. So when St. Paul is saying prophesying, he doesn't really talk about people, but this is also a, a gift for others to look for down the road. And I'm gonna get to that in a minute. So if the job of the prophet to do that and there's individuals among you can point at the same thing. Christ is already here. So that's a piece of the prophecy. But be good in a lot of ministries that goes under the prophet's work. Now some other people can use the word prophecy as one looking down the road. And that's as part of the prophet, like, you know, looking into the future. And that could be any project or something that you can have results five years from now or ten years from now. So, St. Paul is saying, who got that gift? You go, you come forward. Don't just hold it to yourself. Um, The uh, ministry, let them use it in our ministering. So, the word ministry here in the Greek is a diaconate. Basically, the deacon's services from the beginning of the church. And that was not just limited to the service. The, if you go back to the book of Acts, when they elected the seven deacons, their job was not just to help the service. If you remember, the disciples decided, when our job is not to take care of the widows. guess what? Our job is Christ and his message. We elect the deacons to take care of those poor and figure out who gets food and who gets clothing. So when the word ministry here is actually a broader word than just the word ministering, okay? Now, some of you could actually feel, well, I'm not a deacon, therefore I'm off the, I'm, I'm off the hook. Look at the word in a broad sense. Because I'm going to come back and we're going to have to look at your talents in that scale. And you'll find yourself able to serve some of the deacon's service. And the whole picture of the whole body, you're going to work just fine. And he who teaches in teaching, and I'm going to read 8 and I go back to 7 again. He who exhorts in exhortation. And St. Paul is really precise on his language of speaking. He did not combine both of them. They're not the same. And the church from the first century did, did realize they're not the same thing. See, who exhorts, the exhorting, basically a message for people to repent. And that could be the clergy as well as other people. People to repent get back to Christ teaching from the first of the beginning of the church is, has to do with teaching of the church, the Old Testament, New Testament and the church realized there's people who teach in an environment might not be a church like a theology school a lot of us do not realize that St. Mark started the theology school of Alexandria in the first century while he was in Alexandria. We don't realize that we think theology school that came in later but no St. Mark started the Theology School of Alexandria. As a matter of fact, one of the deans um, was a student at the time at the school when St. Mark was in Egypt, became the Pope number six of the See of the St. Mark, Pope Justice. And in our uh, recent times, we saw Bishop of Education of the Church, Pope Shenouda, elevated to be the Pope. So we've seen the education separated in the church. And those jobs for those educators, to make sure heresies did not take place. Somebody come up with some philosophical idea and take people away from the church. So they study and they may be teaching in an environment of a school more so than a church. And that is perfectly fine. So those are two different tracks. And St. Paul, he is mentioning all of those things. and And the next one, uh, who, who gives with liberality and who leads with diligence. And St. Paul, back to say, giving is a service. I am not talking about giving the 10%, 5%. I'm not talking the percentage. Giving. So you start thinking from the beginning of the church in the first century, helping those are in need was a big part of service. Because you show mercies to the other people who is less fortunate. And the church from the beginning put that service as one of the core serving those individuals. And I, uh, you know, when I was thinking of, of examples, um, couldn't help but there's actually a story probably 60 years old or so in Alexandria, Egypt, who was a priest, Abu Abshoy Kamal, had a, a well-to-do family in his congregation. And they were paying to the church, no question about it. But he felt like they can give more. So he actually told them, I want, I want to introduce you to a poor family in Alexandria. See if you could help them. So the family went and saw this poor family and they started providing for that family. And Abuna just ignored, I mean, not ignored, but he didn't pay more attention to it. But they found that this family coming back said, we need one more family. We need one more family so abuna one time i stopped the the man i said what is the deal about all these families you're asking for he said when we started that service my wife and the kids started serving that family the impact on us was larger than we thought my kids were spoiled were rich people want to spend money want to go here want to go there when they start seeing the life of those poor individuals they turn their life around. They do, they're not asking for money. At the end of the month, I have more money left. So logically, sometimes that's the case here. Those who give, give with generosity. And that is part from the church, believe it or not, from the first century. I'm not talking about a project, and I'm not, Abuna did not tell me anything about project for the church building, no, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. always thrills me personally when I see the church active in ministering, in providing food or or shelter or something for somebody. Because it's actually part of the core of the church for 20 centuries, help those in need. And you can find ways to help those in need. You can look in your own family. And you don't have to go far. You can find somebody uh, within a distance, for within your own family, that you could help them. And I'm, the word help here, we're always thinking is dollars. I don't have that in mind, like a, that help. I'll give you an example. Let's say, let's say somebody did very well in school. Okay? They did very well in scoring in uh, high school and went to college. They can come in and say, you know what? I can offer a class for our high school kids how to do well in your standard test. And grading and applications so we can help that generation to do well in school so you provide an hour of time and guess what's the benefit gonna be the seed that you plant it's gonna keep growing to a tree and the tree will produce its own seeds as well what I'm saying by that if you actually come forward and do something like that 15 years from now one of those kids you taught be doing the same thing 50 years from now we're gone, and guess what? One of the kids that taught from the other kids now doing the same thing. Just think of the giving and generosity. A lot of us will come to church and sit, and I'm challenging us at here at St. Mark to be a servant. And I'm bigger than just being in Sunday school. I'm going to be talking about serving in Sunday school. This is one of the ministries he's talking about. But I'm just not focused on a service as deacons or Sunday school teacher or music. Okay? I'm talking about even you look into yourself and say, what kind gifts I have and instead of keeping it to myself, guess what I'm going to do with it? I'm going to share it. And when you share it, it's actually going to get bigger. Just remember what Christ said, the grain of wheat will always going to be by itself until it does what? Falls on the ground. That's when it starts producing. Okay? Um, who leads with diligence? And this is part from the, again, early church. Look for leaders. And it could be the smallest service possible. You don't think anything is not worth anything, but it's a big, big deal when you add a small one to small one to a small one. Okay? from the desert father they always looked for to say the unity makes strength and that's very true if you take a little stick and you push on it it's gonna bend real easy but you take a bunch of sticks and tie them together it holds the building so the little services when you add it together gonna be a huge service so you start thinking okay I can offer a little bit here in five minutes here or ten minutes there but you add those services together gonna be a huge blessing for the congregation and a small scale for the city and the country at large so you actually start thinking of that don't think oh my service is very small might as well just bury it no you offer this little service and again when he said gives again it's not just giving money your service is worth more than money um, the leaders with diligence we have people who does finances great Okay, somebody takes care, make sure I have a microphone that works. It may not seem, it may seem silly to you, but it's a service. Somebody got to make sure it's plugged correctly and it's working. Um, So you you actually make a list of those services that you can lead, okay? And if you can, you volunteer that leadership. And there's a, and and those, uh, the the, the, the term that St. Paul uses with diligence, not just, okay, I can do it because Abuna asked me to. That is not acceptable. You need to offer the service with diligence. With all what you got. Okay? Um, the next one, the next one to me is harder. Who who shows mercy with cheerfulness? Because normally when you are forgiven somebody, you are forgiven because the uh, Bible said so, or Abuna told you so. And you just say, Okay, Miss Amhak. You know what I mean? They just barely doing to use the word cheerful here, it is beyond our imagination, beyond what we typically do as humans. Okay? So when you forgive somebody um, because you you are a Christian and you come to church, that is the first step. But be able to forgive somebody who's a cheerful in your heart. That is to me a bigger thing, bigger deal. I mean, you can stand next to this lion forever, and I can go through my own personal life. Maybe I can f- tell you that I failed more than I succeeded on that lion by itself. In real life, um, I'm going to continue on, and, and I. that um... <laughs> slide. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Um, St. Paul is a very spiritual man. When he writes something like that, you can actually take this and sit next to it for days thinking about it. Love without hypocrisy. Because people in life can pretend and get by with it. Every day whether it's a, a, on the family level, on the church level, or kids level, whatever it is. It was just a bunch of words. But to do truly love without hypocrisy, it's a whole different stage, okay? Um, you can actually go there and actually start thinking of those who, uh, when Abuna was showing the, the icons earlier today, and he went up against some uh, strong, and he showed the sack of sand behind them, and the fact that uh, in the monastery they were having a, a judgment against one of the monks. And he asked him, Okay, you want a monk in the monastery? Just come in, and the judgment. And he carried up a sack of sand with a hole in it and walked and said, What are you doing? He said, I forgot my sins and I'm coming to judge somebody else. And that got canceled. And the judgment for that brother got canceled. Because when love is without hypocrisy, it's overcome the judgment, overcome the anything you can think of. But when it's done truly without hypocrisy, he could easily actually, if you think about what Sam Moses did, he could easily say, I'm not interested. But he wanted to show the love without hypocrisy. He wanted to show us the next level. Okay, so you actually, when you go read those, those um, early fathers of the church and what they have done, they had lived that one. They had lived that one. I, I could not forget ever when I was on Sunday school and a uh, teacher talked about Saint Macarius, Saint Macarius of Egypt. One day he prayed to God, Show me how far I've been worshiping for years here in the desert. What, what do I look like? And he dreamed a dream or something like that, to go to Alexandria and see a family there. And he left the monastery, or you wanna call it the desert, and he went all the way to Alexandria to see, what did this family do to be better than me? Just interested, right? So you go in and see, what he did he see? He found a family made, two, made out of two sisters, both of them married, both of them got kids, but the two sisters cover up for each other all the time. One cooks, give the other one the food. One kid here is crying. It doesn't matter if it's my sister's kid or not. I took care of it. Back and forth. The love of these two sisters to each other and the sacrifice that they were in the daily life, they were as good as St. Macarius and worshiping in the desert of Egypt. You just wanted to think of that level of love without hypocrisy. Um, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor giving preference to uh, one another not lagging in diligence fervent in spirit serving the Lord and I want to when you read this and you come into the word serving the Lord just put a line on it in your Bible because when you are doing these things, you're not just being kind to your neighbor or kind to the person in the church or kind to your family member. You are doing service to the Lord. Okay. Christ mentioned something. We always read it and not pay much attention to it. He said the following. I was poor. And guess what happened? You give me. I was hungry and you fed me. He said, when? When that happened? said because you do to those in need you do to me you actually get these gifts to move you up if you think about it that way you take your talents and you invest them they produce fruit you are a per- better person your neighbors gonna benefit your family gonna benefit your children going to benefit everybody around you going to benefit when you plant a tree it doesn't shade for itself for everybody can go under that shade just think about it you are invited not to become just a member of a church you need to be invited to be a servant so after today don't look at Sunday school teachers and say they are the servant don't look at the deacon and say they are the servant you are too you are not invited just to be a Christian in the uh, uh, end of the sentence you are invited to be a servant according to St. Paul And you can go back and read in in Romans 12, um, a whole chapter. Every verse is an invitation by itself. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulations, continuing, steadfasting in prayers. Um, And and some Paul give options. And I I love this verse a lot. Because sometimes you might not have much to offer but the prayers and that's acceptable as well. Sometimes you may have a family member in trouble of some sort or the sick somewhere or whatever, and you don't have, you're not a medical doctor, you may not even be in the same state or the same country. What offers could you do? You can say, well, they're too far away. I cannot do anything. No, you can pray. This is what he said Not just praying, steadfast in prayer, praying about it a lot. And that's how a church will actually grow. When Abuna mentioned St. Augustine this morning on the icons, couldn't help it. St. Augustine was not St. Augustine, by the way, without the prayers of his mom. His mom continually praying, and she was crying. And he was crying, and the bishop said, woman, what's the matter? She told him, I am praying for my son. He is far away from the Lord. And what did he tell her? The son of the tears of this, of you will not perish. That's not gonna work. The prayers with those kind of tears will save that son. So we all have members in our families, probably not far, not in the church, not close to Christ. Do not give up on prayer. Do not give up on prayer. I have seen this one here Worked. and worked for a lot of people. I, you know, in our recent memory, Pope Carlos. Some of you may have seen him. Was a man of prayer. Prayed all the time, and when he said pray. People thought like this is not like a, a nice say to say to people. Just go pray. But he meant it. He meant it. He knows that prayer will solve problems. Because when people f- fail in their life, what do you think? They give hope on people. But who is above people still have the hope. I remember something I, I read about him. He was doing vespers every single day. So one day he was going to the Vespers and the deacon stopped him and said, there is somebody from the government, high official person coming in. You may need to delay your, your Vespers or cancel it just to meet with the guy. He looked at him and said, no, I'm going to do the Vespers, he can wait. Because in his mind, he's not going to do a service. He's going to stand before the Lord. That's more important than the government official. That's how people of God over time prove time and time again that prayer always work everything else that impacts you and me, maybe troubling, maybe scary, maybe whatever take it to your prayer there's times where you cannot do any of those 11-12 verses without that prayer when somebody troubles you and you can't forgive them it's time to, to pray because you need to be cheerful when you forgive them The last verse, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Um, And I'm not going to finish the chapter, but this is this is enough for tonight for today. Uh, and, And I'm very happy to see the word saints. People are in need. Saint Paul defined them as saints. Why? Because what Christ said, I was poor and you give me. I was in jail and you visited me. Think about it this way. Look at other creatures. Look at birds, for example. We don't have a bird that's rich and a bird that's poor. All the birds are the same, in our mind at least, right? But for us, God had given us a blessing with some people less fortunate, whatever the the direction that they're less fortunate in. For us to get mercy in our heart, to help that individual, because that individual is Christ for you, coming to visit you on, in, within a, a family or a church or society—it doesn't matter where—but that's Christ appearing to you. That's why Saint Paul used the word saints. He was mentioning that for those poor that need, distributing to the to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Um, I'm not going to get any further, but given to hospitality means he did not su- use the word be hospita- hospitable, no. Given, there's a lot more to do than just, okay, nobody taking this person, I'll take him. St. Paul is given the level a lot higher than that. I'm hoping, um was my time, um, I guess I, I'm past my time here, is you go out of this meeting thinking, What service can I provide? I am a servant of Christ. Not just a believer, okay? And you're gonna look within yourself and you'll be able to offer. Whether the the, the people gonna benefit from this, start with your own family, your own children, and it goes larger to your neighbors, your relatives, your people that you don't even know, okay? And just the way it works, guess what? Those who are involved are going to get blessed because you live in the life of that of Christ. Glory be to God forever. Amen.
1: We can stand and pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Lord, we are so grateful that we have all the details of Paul's life the details of his writings, that we see his story of how he went from a terrorist to being a true follower of you. Lord, we are grateful that we have his letters in front of us that convict us, that push us, that inspire us to be able to give love and put it into action without grumbling, to be hospitable, to remind ourselves that yes, we are the light of you in this world, but at our core, we are servants for you. Lord, we pray that these are not just texts, ancient texts written by St. Paul. We pray that this is not just a talk that ends here, but it inspires us to give of ourselves back and to serve you being the father of us all. And through the prayers of St. Paul the Apostle and all your saints, Lord, hear us as we pray together saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.